For a very long time, teachers have been implementing social and emotional learning in some form. I think it's important now to look at how do we do this work systemically to make a difference in schooling for all kids. This is Jennifer Grandberry, and you're listening to Voices from the Field, insights from educators who are positively impacting student learning in the classroom. In this episode, Mary McDonald, the Senior Director of Regional and National Work with CEC, the Consortium for Educational Change, is speaking with Ruth Cross and Gail Capps. Ruth is a retired teacher, principal, and assistant superintendent who now works with CASEL. Gail is a consultant with CEC and works closely with Ruth and Castle in Central Illinois to establish school-wide partnerships to implement social and emotional learning. Well, Hull, thank you for joining us today for this podcast. Um, would you both spend a little time just talking about your introducing yourself and also explaining a little bit about your connections to both the Consortium for Educational Change and Castle? I'm Ruth Cross. I'm a retired teacher, retired principal, and retired assistant superintendent. Now working for the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning. And I have been a consultant with CPS. I have worked with um, school districts uh, through a partnership that Castle has with the DuPage Regional Office of Education, where I have been a coach. Um, and now I have the good fortune of working with two incredible women from the CEC, and we have a partnership to move social and emotional learning into Central Illinois schools. Great. Thank you, Ruth. Hi, I'm Gail Capps. I'm with the Consortium for Educational Change. Um, I've been with CEC from, I think, 2011 was my first year dabbling, um, and I have primarily uh, worked with uh, schools uh, that are typically from urban districts in um, school transformation and I had the great pleasure of meeting Miss Ruth Cross at a, a conference and uh, it's history from there so um, we have been working together to design this uh, cohort in Central Illinois to, to meet the needs of schools in Central Illinois. Great. Well, I know we'll talk a little bit more about that. Anxious to hear you um, reflect on that work. But Ruth, maybe you help us understand some of the work that CASEL has been doing across the country. I know it's housed in the in Chicago area, but you work across the country. Can you explain that a little bit? We do. CASEL is a nonprofit organization. We have a practice uh, field, a policy field, and also a research field. And um, we have been doing, Castle was formed in 1994, and so we've been around for a while and probably one of the leading organizations in building the field of social and emotional learning. So we have worked with actually 25 large school districts. We started with a collaborative district initiative, and uh, we had a, a grant for that district initiative. The grant went away, 
And now we have school districts who want to implement social and emotional learning, and they're paying for our services. And so we have worked with a total of 25. In addition to that, we have worked with two smaller school districts in Ohio, uh, Warren City and Youngstown, and they are affiliated districts. They were part of the CDI, but not as large as those districts. We also have the partnership with the Regional Office of Education. Uh, that's called an affiliated district as well. And so our, our goal is we would really like to see social and emotional learning become an integral part of how schools teach kids. Great. And I think my guess is some of these district, um, these 25 districts and two smaller affiliate districts that you're working with, do you use those as a place to learn about the work and show the impact this is having, or do you have that kind of information? You, you we have a theory of action. And so when we worked with the CDI, the school, the collaborative district initiative, one of the things that we paid close attention to was, can SEL really be taught? And we had a contract with AIR, the American Institute for Research. And yes, SEL can be taught. We learned it, that, that that's one thing we knew or felt could be taught. And now we know that it can be. We also um, tested our theory of action on what are the activities you need to have in place in order to make SEL a systemic part of your work, not just isolated SEL work here and there, but that looking at it from a systemic approach. We've learned that our theory of action was tested and it works. So yes, we are learning from the districts who are doing the work. Um, and we're also learning uh, from the new districts that are joining us. And we're learning from the field because we now have a report called a nation, not a nation of risk, but a nation of hope. That was the result of the Aspen Institute working with Castle to pull together leaders around the country who felt that SEL was an important part of our, our children's education. And that report um, is really significant and it's worth a read if you have not looked at it. Yep, that's great. And I know, I think, Ruth, you've explained to me before that you've done some work in actually developing the CASEL standards that are used all over the country. Is that correct? In 2004, um, the Children's Mental Health Act was passed. And that Mental Health Act was to do two things. It was one, it directed the State Board of Education to write SEL learning standards. And it also um, was influential in pulling together all of our resources and services that we provide families in the state of Illinois um, to pull together the services and the resources so that we weren't duplicating and but but families had access to what they needed in a comprehensive coordinated way. Um, so um, I co-chaired the committee that uh, worked with the State Board of Education and CASEL to write the SEL learning standards. And um, so we have three goals and 10 standards. Um, and the importance of this work is 
The standards define what kids need to know in social and emotional learning, what we expect them to be able to do. And the State Board of Education gave them the same, uh, we went through the same process of writing any other standard, such as a social science standard or a literacy standard. So we're really quite proud of that. They've been, they were adopted in 2005, and they have been used by other states as other states have developed their own guidelines or their own standards, they have looked at Illinois for guidance. And then how do you use those standards toward helping to develop some other tools, I think, that CASEL provides through your website? One of the things that CASEL does is to provide tools and resources for districts and schools. So part of our theory of action is you really have to have standards. You have to have a vision. What is it you want? around SEL for students. Um, and then you have to have some standards to guide your work. And that's especially important because those are the framework for SEL implementation. So um, we encourage districts that do not have guidelines or standards in the state to develop their own. Um, I do think that the fact that states are now developing their own standards and guidelines um, gives districts a heads up. You, you don't reinvent the wheel, but you would like to have some coherence and coordination at the state level as well as in your district level. So we now have a collaborative states initiative and we're working with 25 states and they are developing guidelines or standards that will guide the work in their state. And so that the standards work in Illinois has just fleshed out the work across the state and across national, nationally across, across the nation. No, that's great. Yeah. So let's think about this. Now you've got CASEL and CEC who have also sort of forming this partnership. Gail, would you explain a little bit about how maybe CEC's role is with this, this partnership with CASEL? Right, so um, what we've done is we've created um, a Central Illinois uh, school-wide partnership for um, SEL. And uh, CEC's role in that is to really bring um, an opportunity to collaborate with both labor and management. Um, it's kind of our bread and butter at CEC, um, bringing them together in collaborative structure. So we've been able to create this network in collaboration with um, union, local unions and uh, districts. And currently we have uh, a group of 15 schools and uh, five districts participating in the first cohort of this work. Um, we also do a lot of collaboration with co-planning, co-designing, co-presenting um, at the network meetings. Um, and we've taken the lead in really the outreach efforts and recruiting um, the, net the schools and districts to join the network. Great. And I know you've worked with the Illinois Education Association in some ways to try to bring some of these labor management or union management teams together, right? Yeah, they've been a really great partner to um, create avenues for us to engage with districts that are ready for this work. Mm -hmm. And if I might add to that, I think the power of this partnership is both organizations are working on transforming education. Absolutely. And you have a history of transforming education. Uh, we have a history of what do you need to do to transform 
education. I think that that's one of the powerful parts of our work together. I also think that the, um, the ESSA plan that we have in the state of Illinois promotes educating the whole child as well as looking at how do you improve schooling for all children. You've had a focus on school improvement for a very long time. We believe that teaching social and emotional learning also adds to school improvement. So it's a natural partnership. No, I think you bring up a really good point. Uh, think about this. Over the last 10, 15 years, with a couple of policies that uh, come from the, both the state and national level that focus so heavily on academic achievement mm -hmm. in a couple of key areas, reading and, and mathematics, for instance, um, and we didn't really hear much about the whole child. What do you think? Is there a readiness, do you think, or a need for people to sort of broaden the idea of school transformation with this idea of academic and social-emotional learning? I think the time is ripe to do it. I think school districts and schools are asking for support in how to do this work. I think for a very long time, teachers have been implementing social and emotional learning in some form. I think it's important now to look at how do we do this work systemically to make a difference in schooling for all kids? The standards were written for every child that walks through your door. We also have learned from our work at Castle that adults need to enhance their own competencies in order to form strong relationships with students in order to develop a culture and a climate that is supportive for all kids. Um, and and that, that's pretty recent in our work, to work with the adult competencies. We all have competencies as adults, as adults but do we know where our strengths are? Do we know where we can grow and, and get better? I've been doing this work since 1993 when I was a building administrator and we implemented an evidence-based SEL program at this school. I really grew in understanding my strengths as an adult and where I needed to work. So we're now seeing the importance of how that changes the culture and the climate in your district and in your school. I was just going to uh, piggyback off of that, Ruth, and I, I really do think the adult focus has been probably the most impactful um, evidence that we've been able to see with the network. Um, teachers taking care of themselves, um, teachers um, putting the oxygen mask on themselves before they can put it on their kids, um, and giving themselves permission to um, focus on relationships with each other, teacher to teacher, um, and then teacher to student. And, and that's a critical part of our work. And how do we work together as adults? How do we work together with the community? How do we work together with our families uh, to promote social and emotional learning? Um, so what's exciting about this work for me is it's not limited in scope but it looks at the classroom and how we support kids in the classroom. We look at the whole school, what our policies and practices that are based on how we relate to kids. Um, 
Then we look at the district level. What are we doing at the district to support this work? And we look, how do we engage our families in this work? How do we engage community organizations to support this work? Um, how do we work within the district with every facet of our organizational structure, which includes bringing the union into this work? Makes sense. Can you explain then now, you've got this network that's just started in central Illinois. Can you talk a little bit about what that work is looking like and how you're, making, how you're using a network to help build this social-emotional learning capacity um, from school to school, district to district that you're working with? So we have two urban districts in central Illinois participating that are each bringing um, five schools, four or five schools. And then we have three rural districts that are participating, and they are participating um, with district teams. So it's a team that consists of folks from pre-K to 12, and it may be teachers um, as a part of this group. We have classified staff on, on the team. We have uh, superintendents. We may have district cabinet members and, of course, different grade bands of teachers. So we have a room full of folks that are hungry for the knowledge and it's been great to be able to see them um, learn from each other. The urbans learn from the rurals, the rurals learn from the urbans and so no one is going home without uh, a connection uh, with another person that's local that they could get in the car or send an email and and we really create conditions throughout our trainings to be able to uh, have participants interact with each other and learn to grow with each other and practice SEL skills together. And we also model teaching SEL, mm -hmm. um, so they have tools and resources to take back to the school and to share with the staff so that everyone gets on the same page. So you meet with teams of, of teachers and district level leaders with union as well in there? Yes. And, then you're, and the idea is how often do you meet? So we have... Um, Quarterly meetings, um, we have, and then we have also built in district meetings because we know this work um, can't, can't really get off the ground in the urbans if we don't have opportunities to meet with all levels of leadership um, at the district level. So we've built in opportunities to meet with them as well. Meeting with the district teams is important as well as meeting with school teams because SEL needs to become a part of everything that is happening at the district level. So we want the district administrators to understand this is not a standalone, but we're educating the whole child. And how will SEL help this student become better in terms of, of academic success, in terms of being a a contributor to their community um, in terms of looking at career and college readiness. Uh, so it's not a standalone. It's not, okay, let's bring SEL in here for 20 minutes and, uh, you know, we're going to teach the skills in 20 minutes. That doesn't happen. It gets lost. So, yes, we want to explicitly teach the standards. We want to embed the standards into our curriculum and instruction. We want it to become a part of our MTSS or RTI process. We want our policies and practices to support it. We want the resources at the district level 
not only human resources, but financial resources to support this work at the school level. It is a systemic approach and you can't do it without your district support. What do you think is the biggest challenge for these district teams to, um, to, to address in order to be successful in helping support the implementation of this work? I think one of the challenges um, is to be able to um, take all the initiatives that they have, um, because they do have quite a few, and see um, where they all fit with SEL, and to see how they could give themselves permission again to take things off their plate and to dive deeper in getting um, some of those high leverage practices uh, more energy. I would agree. I think that's probably the number one um, challenge. The number two challenge might be I'm already doing it. When in fact, yes, I imagine in every district we're working, there are people doing SEL to mm -hmm. some extent, but it's not systemic. It's not part of how you do business in the school district. It isn't embedded in your discipline policies and practices. It's not embedded in, you know, it's one thing to explicitly teach a skill, but how do you make that skill come to life in a meaningful academic way? So you have to embed it in your academic instruction as well. It has to be meaningful and relevant for students. They have to have a way to use those skills and to see that they too are growing. Um, and so, yes, that's a challenge. We're already doing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're in it. Yes. So if I don't know much about SEL work, what what would I see in classrooms? What, what does that look like? What are the kinds of things you really would hope to see it happening um, that might be different than what teachers and support staff are doing today? I would hope when I went into a classroom that I would see um, kids working together in groups um, and having the skills posted somewhere that they need in order to be a, a good contributor to that group situation. I would expect to see uh, students helping each other. I would expect to see some expectations posted in the room, how we function as a learning community. And you know, it's hard to see relationships. However, I think I would expect to see the teacher walking around the room and saying something relevant to kids around what they're doing and kids accepting that. Um, that's one of the first steps in building relationships with students. Um, so it's student-centered more than teacher-centered, but the teacher plays an important role in this work in turning that learning over to students. That's not easy to do. It's because we have been taught that it's our responsibility to see that kids make growth in reading and math and every other academic subject and then we end up not as a community of learners, but more as a community of compliance. And so I would really expect to see a different setting in, in that classroom when I walk into it. Um, I, would, I would probably see uh, circles or class meetings um, where you know, kids have an opportunity to build relationships with each other and the teacher creates vulnerable situations for kids to learn about them. 
Um, I would also see restorative language in the classroom. I would see trauma. What would restorative language look like? Well, it would be more affirmative language. It would be um, building off the positive, more strength-based language versus punitive language. Um, and I would also see student leadership opportunities in the classroom. Um, how do uh, students have a role in the classroom that uh, shows their value? And in that circle, I would expect to see students leading that circle. Absolutely. And not the teacher mm -hmm. leading it. Um, I would expect to see problem solving happening in that circle in a positive learning way. I would also feel accepted when I walked into that room that they would understand that there are visitors coming to see how they learn um, and that you, you would not feel that you're imposing. What's the role, if any, then of some of your oh, bus drivers or secretaries or nurses and aides, and how do you see them contributing to this work? The best bus drivers I ever observed were those who, when a student got on the bus, they would say, hey, David, how'd your day go today? Well, I'm glad to see you. In the morning, they greet kids and call them by name. If an incident occurs on the bus, they know how to handle it respectfully. Now, that requires having some training, but it also requires an, an individual who understands students are learning and they're not going to ever do, they're not going to do everything right all the time, and that they like working with students. I would agree. I think training is an important piece when we talk about our classified staff or non-certified staff. Um, and unfortunately, that hasn't usually been a focus um, when we talk about professional development days um, and so forth. So this journey allows us to pay attention to that and, and um, allows us to create those conditions where we are training uh, those folks appropriately. After school programming, um, like you said, cafeteria, nurses, um, bus drivers, these are people that have really good relationships with kids and um, these are important people that are part of the puzzle of the whole child uh, learning. So we have to invest in them. We do have to invest in them and I think about the first person you will run into in a school might be a security guard, but it also might be the secretary at the front desk. And we would want, as people come into our schools, for, for that to be a, a warm welcome. Mm -hmm. How can I help you, even if it's a parent that complains all the time? You know, we're certainly going to help you get to the bottom of that. We're going to work with you. Calling people by names is such a small thing, but it really carries a lot of weight with people. Um, I also always expected my secretaries to be, to understand, for instance, my kids who were Muslim who had to, not eat lunch on certain days or through certain periods, to understand that and to help them find a place where they felt that they were comfortable, they didn't have to smell food, uh, that they could sit and read or, or participate in some activity, uh, but to understand the differences in our cultures and to be attuned to that and to be respectful. Well, thank you so much. I've learned so much in this, uh, this segment here. And um, at a time when our country is trying to find the right ways to support uh, children, families, teachers, educators, it's, uh, it's wonderful to learn a little bit more about how do we 
protect each other, support each other, and use the social-emotional learning competencies to do that. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. That was Ruth Cross and Gail Capps talking about their work with CASEL. We joined Ruth and Gail for a Central Illinois Network Partnership meeting in February of 2019 and spoke with educators about their experience with social-emotional learning in their districts. It sounded like something Mattoon really, really would benefit from because up to this point, it was more administrators saying to teachers, we're going to do trauma-informed schools. A team of teachers would come to the trainings on the trauma-informed schools, but the rest of the teachers weren't really involved in it. And so to be able to get everybody on board, it, there needed to be something else. There was something missing. A lot more teachers are understanding of the fact that you can't just say, I've always done that. Because even though you teachers are, have always been in tune to the emotions of children and, and things like that, there's so much more to it. And so now that they're actually being trained on, on how it affects the brain and, and the, the intentional steps that you have to go through, a lot more teachers are on board. It's helped us go back to the pedagogical style of teaching. I think it helps us get back to um, building relationships and allowing students to own their learning. Um, because over the past 20 years, we focused so much on assessments, um, formative and summative assessments. We focused heavily on standards and deconstructing standards that we kind of forgot about the instructional piece of it all. So I think the SEL focus has brought that back to the forefront. Of course, we need to have the standards. We need to know what we're teaching and why we're teaching it, but this brings back the how. The CEC and Castle Partnership has really helped Springfield Public Schools bring the whole SEL um, conversation um, and focus to the forefront um, in a more collaborative approach, um, in a more integrated approach, um, because we've been spending a lot of time talking about SEL as an isolated standalone and um, having more conversations around how do we integrate this into the academics? How do we make it a part of who we are, a part of our culture, a part of our system? I think SEL is the foundation of um, learning. So you need those skills in order to have a good learning environment. So in order to create a good learning environment, you need um, to take that time and really hone in on those skills. And I think CASEL or CEC um, helps with resources and creating that mindset. Um, I think it's okay to be vulnerable in our school. And so when you have a kid with behavior problems, it's not you're a bad teacher, it's how can we help you facilitate his needs or her needs. When we changed our focus away from being punitive to being more uh, inclusive and, and restorative and, um, you know, really looking at what we can do to uh, build the whole child through socio-emotional learning, through the implementation. And we still have to work on the explicit teaching. Let me make that known as well. But um, we, our partnerships have increased because um, we're really trying to drill down, build those skills, that accountability, that decision-making, uh, helping students become self-aware, manage their emotions, know how their emotions impact others. That's probably one of the most impactful things that we have 
I've seen um, indicators that our um, parents are coming along with us instead of having to experience that tension uh, that we once experienced in Decatur. Social emotional learning is just like academics. It is teaching what they what students would need to be productive in the real world. Um, if we were quite honest, you know, as we have become adults, um, knowing knowing about some of the historical things are great. Um, knowing algebra was great, but what we utilize in the real world are the socio-emotional learning strategies more often than not. Uh, we have to know how to manage our emotions and, and, and have that self-awareness because um, there are going to be times on our in our places of employment as we get older that things will arise. We're going to have to deal with stressors from the outside, and but the at the end of the day, we, we have a job to do. And so we have to know how to make the right decisions at the right moment um, so that we can get the job and the task done. At Fightions, we have very low economic students that we work with, um, low income, um, a lot of poverty. We have a lot of um, trauma just from having poverty. And so we have to first face all of those things um, before we can help them learn. And so that is a huge obstacle that we come across. And sometimes it, um, when students are struggling from things that they are going through at home, um, their emotional needs, they, it's more difficult for them to learn in the classroom. So we, we have to focus very strongly on the SEL before anything else. What I see now is the the promotion of social emotional learning is not a, a shifting kind of educational fad, but people are realizing that this is the substance of education in, in 2019. And I see a shift there. I see um, people uh, embracing it, seeing that kids are coming to school without these skills, without these uh, competencies, and are um, realizing that as an educator, uh, it is impacting uh, your classroom and, and that it impacts your ability to teach content, it impacts kids, and so it's not a, a distraction from the real work, it's, it's, it's how kids can succeed learning from from one another and and having these schools and different districts here you know I've always believed that the wisdom is always within and if you can just have the time to talk to people you can really um, learn so much from uh, the person that's that's next to you and then you know with the partnership we're um, opening our schoolhouse doors to each other I think it's important for um, people to really understand that social emotional learning skills are, are not soft skills. Um, they're very rigorous. And uh, the, um, the absence or the inclusion of these skills in your life uh, determine the direction that your life goes. And so for me as an educator, um, this is a calling. It's, it's an honor to support kids in social-emotional learning. We need everyone um, to take responsibility to, to really spread these practices broadly. 
I think we, you know, definitely the last decade of teaching have noticed that students are coming to school and and something's been missing. And now as the years have evolved, what we're seeing is that some of the social emotional skills that we all were either taught as children or not even taught, but just were modeled in the home setting that there's a deficiency in that sadly in many areas. So things that we always assumed kids would be equipped with and would be able to use during their school day are things that now we're seeing we need to model for them, we need to be teaching them needs to be a curriculum so that everybody can be learning. We can't assume kids know these things because it's a very unfair advantage for those who still have that benefit when they are stepping onto the world. And we're always looking at that portrait of a graduate. You know, what do we want them to know academically? This is the groundwork. I mean, we know now through studies that kids are not ready to learn academically if they're not socially, emotionally prepared and in check. The CEC and CASEL partnership has really benefited our school district um, in connecting us with other districts to see what's been working or not working. Um, it's also been magnificent because you have people who are the leaders in this research and in these findings, and they've been willing to come to us, work with us, hear our individual stories, walk through our hallways and say, this is what you're doing great. These are ways that, you know, you could do this a little better. And, you know, how about incorporating these techniques? So I think as good teachers, we all know what we want, but sometimes we need those skills brought to us and to have such, you know, highly educated and motivated people that are willing to come in and kind of hold our hand through this process has been invaluable. For more information about CASEL, visit CASEL.org. That's C-A-S-E-L dot O-R-G. To learn more about CEC, the Consortium for Educational Change, and TURN, visit CECWEB.org, that's CECWeb.org, and TURNWeb.org.